Hi, I'm James P. Friel. And I'm Dean Holland. It's time to fasten your seatbelts, boys and girls. That's right. If you're an entrepreneur who's wanting to take your business to the next level and have a bit of fun while getting cutting-edge advice on your business, marketing, and sales, welcome to Just the Tips, arguably the best podcast in the entire world. I guess that's good, right? Yeah, that's good to me. All right. That was easy. That was the easiest thing we did all day. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just the Tips. This is James P. Friedel. I am here this morning with my good friend, colleague, and co-host, Mr. Dean Holland. What is up, Mr. James P. Friel? What's going on? I, yes. uh, <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm just getting very, very excited because I know we're going to see each other face-to-face here in probably about two weeks. Right. Yes. Yes. In fact, yeah, about two weeks, we we will be uniting, which heck knows what that means and what's going to happen. But gosh, when you bring us together, it normally gets a bit wild. It, it does. It does indeed. So one of the uh, one of the things I'm I'm on the edge of my seat, actually, I know you're going to be speaking in front of thousands of people. Uh, I know <laughs> part of me, uh, part of me really, really wants to see you like crush it. And then there's a tiny, tiny, very small percentage of me that sort of wants to see you get this intense amount of stage fright when you get on the stage. (laughs) Right. And um, I'm actually thinking when I think about the situation, I'm thinking there's a 50-50 chance it could go either way. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Well, I don't want it like, like, for me, it's like 99.9%. I'm just super excited to hear what you've got to say. And then there's this 0.01% that's like, if he got this crazy paralyzing case of stage fright, it might actually make for a good conversation afterwards on another show. <laughs> yeah, so I've, so I've been told we have, um, I have, an, and I don't think they're meaning to be too precise, but I have 27 minutes to grace that stage. So uh, I think I could probably stand there silent for about 24 minutes and then wow them in the final three. I think that would be amazing where just the anticipation people are like, is this, is this supposed to happen? Like, is this part of the show right now? Is something wrong? Is it like, why is he just standing there? (laughs) I could just march out and just put my hands on my hips, breathe in deeply and intensely, puff out my chest and just be like, right. I have a very different way of teaching a very unusual presence and then just stand there silent for the next 24 minutes. <laughs> I want you all to clear your heads with me yes. for the next 24 minutes. <laughs> There's something about that that would be very special indeed. <laughs> well, I'll tell you one thing. Nobody would ever forget about that presentation. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, everybody's like, oh, Russell Brunson came to 10X and he made 3 million in 90 minutes. They'd be like, oh, my God, we went and saw Dean. He stood there silent for 24 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you could juggle or something at minute 12. Um, just pull out some, you know, some little bean bags. And juggle and say, okay, now I want you to follow the beanbags. Just get get the crowd to do some strange and unusual things. Um, I could be like, right, if you could all just take out your three beanbags. (laughs) Right. You'll notice underneath your chair, we've carefully placed three beanbags. I want you to pull them out 
and juggle <laughs> along with me. Please be careful not to hit your neighbors. And trust me, this is all part of the presentation. Yeah, this was carefully planned. <laughs> it's carefully orchestrated. And people be like, I really don't know what that was all about. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you've, uh, you've, you've done some NLP on me and you've planted the seed that now may grow. Well, this is amazing. So I'll make sure to bring my own bean bags just in case you forget <laughs> to place them under the seat. Um, right. And I'm waiting with eager anticipation for this power opener. <laughs> it's going to be good. I haven't actually, speaking of which, we are literally two weeks out. I haven't actually done my slides yet. Well, uh, there's, well, with a 24 minute pause, there's really no reason that you even need slides. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, so, so maybe, uh, so, so I got a question for you, and I know this is sort of part of your presentation. You're doing the, the thing called the perfect offer, right? Am I correct in understanding that or are you going to well the perfect offer will form part of said presentation but the overarching thing will be called the ultimate funnel oh i like that the ultimate funnel yeah Indeed. that's amazing and and this ultimate funnel this unless the word ultimate has changed meaning i assume that it can be used for virtually any different type of business exactly yes so uh, i'll be showing this there's really two parts to the ultimate funnel one is to acquire customers, and two is to lead those customers to the actual core thing that you'd like to sell them. Mm -hmm. So for me, like an ultimate funnel, see, everybody talks about, you know, you, you need a funnel, but I actually, my actual approach is, well, I believe you need multiple funnels that have their own specific purpose. Okay, so you need one that actually acquires your ideal customers, your perfect customers, which is why you need a perfect offer. And uh, this is actually going to form like a large piece of my presentation because, you know, James, but for the benefit of the listeners, not too long ago, well, depends how you view long, but like 18 months, two years ago, something like that, I ended up in a, in probably, I, I would say the worst possible thing that could ever happen to a business owner. And that wasn't running out of money. It wasn't anything that you might think would be the bad thing. Actually, the bad thing was I completely lost the passion for what I was doing. Mm. And uh, it was the worst possible thing that I think I've ever experienced since the day I started my company. Um, I have had many ups and downs, many highs, many lows, as I'm sure is, is common for most business owners, right? It's not all sunshine and rainbows, but even running out of money or making bad decisions in my business, none of that compared at all um, to losing the passion for what I was doing. And incidentally, losing the passion for what I was doing actually happened at the height of the success of my company. Meaning when I'd grown it to the financially best and most successful position it's ever been in, I'm talking multiple, multiple hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. I absolutely hated my everyday existence. I mean, I, I, I didn't want to go to the computer. I didn't want to do anything. I, in fact, even though I haven't put my presentation together onto slides, I have it all in my head already. And the way that it's going to begin, not to ruin too much, but the way it's going to begin is a photograph of me that Robin, my fiance, took where I'm literally kind of like 
huddled up in almost like what can only be described, I think, as a fetal position on my <laughs> sofa in all the in like these joggers, these like, you know, just scruffy clothes, like with a hood, big baggy hoodie on hood up over my head, curled up watching daytime television on my sofa, like, like I say, like a fetal position. And I'm going to show that picture because what I want to kind of ask the audience is, do you think this was in the times where I was struggling financially or in the times where I was doing very well financially? And I think when people see the state I looked, they would assume that, well, you look like a bit of a bum. You look like a homeless dropout sat on someone else's sofa. But actually I was in the best financial position I've ever been in but I didn't care. I didn't like it. I didn't love it. I wasn't passionate about it. And so this is one of the things I actually um, joined with joined forces in Russell Brunson's mastermind for, because I was like, I really don't give a damn anymore about anything I'm doing. I don't care for the money. I don't care for what I'm doing. I've lost all passion. I've lost all drive. And I, I, I needed some real help. And it's through that that I realized the core problem with everything I was doing, I was bringing the wrong type of customers into my business is is kind of the the penultimate ending to this long drawn out story is I'd lost the passion because the people I was serving were not my ideal perfect customers. And therefore they would they it was like a it was like a a complete drain on on me, my soul, my energy, everything about me was being drained by these bad, bad customers that that just were just terrible type of customers. And and so I had no passion. We might have been making a lot of money, but I didn't care for who I was serving. And this is where I had to, this was the beginnings of the development of what has now been titled by Mr. Brunson himself, actually, as the ultimate funnel. And so that's what I've got to talk about is is what happened and how we how we turned that around and how we now bring in our perfect customers and how we serve people that I love to serve and how I've got that passion back and yeah how yeah we're we're now kind of we cat we kind of had to knock everything to pieces and take a like a big hammer to the whole company smash it down and start building again well and you know what I think this is uh this is such a such a important topic but what you're just talking about, about, you know, feeling just very unhappy at any, at a certain point in your business, I think is this sort of like dirty little secret about being an entrepreneur. I think a lot of people, uh, my experience is, you know, either start a business for one of a couple reasons. One, they want to make a lot of money. Nothing wrong with that. Two, they want to have more control, you know, freedom or something like that over their time and their life and all that, which is amazing. Or three, they're just, you know, sort of passionate about something and they want to right. be able to make money doing that thing. And just because you're making money doesn't necessarily mean that it's meeting those other needs that, uh, that you have, which could be, you know, come back to what you're saying. I want to work with the people that I want to work with, not the people that don't wake me up in the morning. Right. And, right. uh, and I think, you know, for a lot of us, it's, uh, you get you get to a certain point and i and i had a similar experience but you know different circumstances where i'd had one of the best years of business ever and i was more unhappy than i could ever remember being any at any other point in my life and right. and it's just like wow and it hits you like a ton of bricks because nobody prepares you that that is even a possibility you're like man i'm you know the the bank account's good we're you know the business is good we're making money you know all these different things but if it's not serving 
the need that you feel you're here to uh, to serve, then it, it really doesn't matter. Right. This has been something that I've just been so incredibly interested in. Uh, one is for the reason that most people, I feel when they encounter that, are scared of doing what you did. They're scared of saying, you know what? This isn't what I want. I'm going to rebuild, right? Because I think a lot of people think as long as I'm making money, then I guess I got to stick with this. And I think that's such flawed thinking. Stick Stick with something that you're excited about. I mean, for the love of God, like how short is life? And to just do something because you're making money at it, but you're miserable, like that's, that seems like an incredible waste. I guess my question is, how long did it take you to come to grips with the fact that you were going to have to take some more risk and you were going to have to potentially leave the thing behind that had given you the cash, that had created the security that you'd wanted, the freedom and all of those things that come along with it? Like what, what was that thought process for you? that got you to say, you know what, the hell with it. I got to follow my heart. Yeah, no. Um, great question, James. Great question. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Romasio. I mean, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? I, I, I would, you know, looking back on it now, I don't think I ever saw this at the time. I, I think looking back, in fact, I don't think I know. I, I believe I had some form of depression at that state, in that state that I was in. I, I've, never, I've never been you know, diagnosed as, with, with any depression. But looking back, you know, that, that wasn't a good, good way I was feeling at all. But, you know, and you know what? For me, I think I'd reached such a point. And I think this is, this is probably why I just threw myself all in on, on changing things is because I had truly and utterly reached a rock bottom, which is kind of weird. Like, like the only other time I've been at real rock bottom in my life is when I couldn't figure out how to start a business. You know, when I, when I had a full-time job and, um, I had five credit cards and over $60,000 in debt in my, you know, by my mid twenties, that was when I was at rock bottom. And that's when I sought out help and got a mentor. And now in this stage, funny enough, I was making over $300,000 a month and at rock bottom. And, it was a weird, different stage of life and business, but like still the same kind of overarching feeling. And I think for me, like the thought process behind it was that I literally didn't know what else I would do. Like mm. it is a strange feeling to on the outside to everyone else have everything you've ever wanted, but on the inside feel like you've got nothing. Like, yeah. And I, I, st- I, I can't, I, even now I can't, I can't put the exact words on it. I really, I really struggle with this because that, that, I, that, I guess what I've just said there is truly how I felt. You would think I had it all, but in the inside, I felt like I had nothing and I had nothing. And I think, I think one of the, here's, here's what I would probably say looking at it. You know, I think I was so driven for, so, for such a, a, a chunk of my life. I was so driven to get the things that you've just spoke about. You know, I worked for someone else. I've never been that type of, I don't take, I don't take orders. Well, I'm, I can't be told what to do. It's, it's how I always clashed with my parents. It's how I clashed with every boss I've ever had across the millions of jobs I kept jumping through. I've never been good at taking orders. And so I always needed to be an entrepreneur. I always needed my own business. 
And I always did, I'll be completely honest, for a long time in my life, I was very materialistic. Like I always spoke about as a kid, I want the Ferraris, I want the big house, the nice cars. And, you know, and then as my life grew and my business grew, I, I got all those things. Like I, I had, you know, I've got the nice house. I've got, you know, I, I change my car regularly. I have what I want. And, you know, I've got an amazing fiance. I've got, you know, the amazing, you know, mom and family life. And, and I, I think I found myself all of a sudden with, everything I'd always strived for, but no longer like, I don't know. I think I ended up in a position where I didn't like who I was serving. And also I think I lost my way in the sense of what's my purpose now? Like I have everything I set out to do. What's my purpose? And I, I think I reached a point in all honesty, as I review it, looking back, yeah, I didn't like who I was serving. So I lost the drive to actually work on my business. But also at the same time, I think I reached a point where I'd probably fulfilled the goals that I'd set out to accomplish, but I'd failed to move the goalposts. Like mm. I failed to to realize a purpose beyond what I was striving for. I don't, does that make sense? Does that sound a bit weird? No, it's, it's, I, I think it makes more sense than, than you, uh, than you know, at least, you know, in, in my experience. So I stayed in the corporate world for the first 10 years of my career. And I always had things going on the side, you know, whether, you know, it was real estate investing or, you know, things like that. But eventually I got to the point where I was like, yeah, you know what? I just can't handle this anymore. I'm not cut out to just, you know, be, uh, you know, a manager or an executive in a, in a big corporation. So I, you know, I had envisioned running my own business for so many years. I had envisioned, you know, having the unlimited income potential, the, the freedom, the time, like all these different things. And, you know, quite literally in my first 12 months after leaving my corporate job, you know, I already had made over a million dollars. And I just remember sitting there, we, uh, my, my first consulting business, we had, uh, I became partners in this firm and I helped to grow, uh, you know, grow the, the top line and manage the, manage the company and, and all these different things. And we uh, were based in, in New York City. And I, and we, uh, you know, to sort of save cost, my partner got, got an apartment for, uh, for us to have. So, you know, we weren't spending money on a hotel all the time. And I remember just being up there and going back and forth and flying and all this other stuff. And, and I would just sit in this chair in this apartment, just completely purposeless. I was like, man, right. I can't imagine. I don't know what I'm doing with myself. You know, I got everything that I thought I wanted. And it turns out that's cool. Like it was nice, you know, having, having more money and it was nice, you know, with all the things that you mentioned and on the outside, just like you, you know, you sort of talked about everyone would have been like, yeah, you, you know, you're successful. You've arrived, you've gotten what, you know, what most people only dream of. And for me, I felt, uh, you know, I felt totally empty. And I think the reason for me that it was so scary was because it really made me question uh, is this like, is this really what I want? Right. And, uh, you know, cause, cause it was unequivocally a success in terms of how I defined success before. And I knew I wasn't happy. And, uh, and so that was, I don't know. I think for me, it was terrifying. And, yeah. and I went months and months where I just didn't really want to do anything. Um, because I felt like, well, I could, you know, I could go out and I can, I can sell more engagements and I can make more money and I can do these different things, but if it's not making me happy and I actually feel <laughs> even more miserable, what, 
Right. What, uh, what am I going to do? And, and maybe in a slightly different way than you, you know, I realized for me, one of the things that wasn't aligned with who I am was I was, I was doing, you know, consulting back to these gigantic corporations. Right. And, and I just didn't like it. And I, and I was like, it doesn't matter. You know, we had, you know, we were getting really good sized contracts and, uh, you know, all these different things, but, but I, so I, that was actually the beginning of that transformation for me where I finally said, well, maybe it's the people that I'm working with. Maybe it's the people that I'm helping, you know, cause I, I love to help people. And I think you're very much the same way like that. And I just yeah. felt like the people that I was helping, I wasn't making, I wasn't making the kind of impact that was mm-hmm. really important to me. And, yeah. And, right. and so, uh, you know, so I basically just turned all of that off and everybody thought, again, I can't tell you how many times I'm sure the same is true for you. How many times other people in your world have told you you're just crazy for your decisions that you make. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And like, you know, I left this amazing corporate job as, you know, global head of digital strategy for one of the biggest companies in the world. And everyone's like, you're crazy for leaving. I was like, I think I'm crazy if I stay. Right. And then, right. and then exactly. I start consulting back to that company and other companies. And everyone's like, you're crazy for not just continuing to do that. You're making so much money. And, uh, and I was like, I think, I think I'd be crazier to just sit in a room feeling miserable and not actually figure out what I enjoy doing. And it was during that time that I decided to start working with smaller companies and entrepreneurs and people who were actually, you know, growing their company and wanting to scale their company and build it and all these different things. And if I hadn't gone through that really miserable period, I don't know. I don't know what I would be doing right now. So I think you got to, you got to leverage that stuff when it shows up, but pay attention to it. Like, don't just stuff it down because I think stuffing it down and just being like, yeah, I'm going to go make another million bucks. Like that, that's not like, that doesn't mean anything. You got to really pay attention to like, how am I spending my life? That's way, that's a way better question to be asking. Definitely. Yeah. And I, and you know, looking back as well, I think I can identify multiple times throughout my, my business career where this has been the case. And I think probably, you know, the, the story I've just shared is, is probably one of the largest cases of this, but when you are a coach or consultant or expert, advisor, whatever you want to say, in, in any capacity, in any type of, in any market, in any niche, in any company, I think there is a tendency to also feel like you can't share how things might truly be affecting you or how you truly might be feeling inside. At least this is how I felt. Um, and from you know confiding in a few closer people that I have to me in my life that are also entrepreneurs, business owners... It, it transpires this is probably a lot more common than I ever realized. And it, it probably there is a lot even more common than I now do realize. I think there's a tendency when when other people look to you for their help and advice, you know, like you say, like a, a coach, a consultant of any capacity, um, it can it can almost feel like you can't voice the negative in a sense of I'm not talking about pretending life or business is perfect because that's that's not realistic but um i think it can be very difficult at least i found it difficult i i i never really spoke about this stuff when it was happening mm. and i think the reason for that as i look back is that i thought to myself at least the, the thoughts that were going off in my head is like i cannot 
publicize and and speak about the way that I feel right now because my clients are going to think that I'm I'm freaking insane and and they've made a bad choice in trusting in me with their with their money with their time with their resources because they're looking to me to lead them to you know I I I work with people that are new starting up their businesses and I and I help people grow their businesses that are not yet where I've gone through and and I you know in my head it was like if I ever told anyone how I'm truly feeling and the the way my experiences are right now, not being passionate, not liking a lot of the, the people we're serving and and feeling the way I feel as I'm laid upon this sofa in the fetal position, <laughs> covered in <laughs> bad clothes. Like if I were to tell anyone or show anyone this picture or how I am right now, everything would fall apart in my world. And like what I realize now, actually looking back, and it's so bizarre how I can how I can liken this to different stages in my business. When I had the confidence to actually speak about it, it is crazy how you sort you start magnetically attracting those that you can actually help. It is it is so strange. Like there have been times, for example, I could take you back, James, to when I when I'd been trying to start an online business for four years back, you know, I mentioned it a little while ago. I, I spent over 60 grand. I would, was getting nowhere. I'd lost so much. Like, but I could not like in my head, I cannot tell anyone the truth of what I've done or what experiences I'm having right now, because who would listen to me? And you know, the second that a mentor said to me, like, actually, Dean, you need to do the complete opposite of the way you're thinking. You need to, for example, start a blog, and tell people exactly what you've gone through and share these real life experiences that you've had trying to start your business online. You know, when I started doing that, I started having floods of people contacting me, resonating with me, basically saying like, geez, Dean, you've literally just wrote my life story of what I'm experiencing. I, I can't believe other people are feeling this way. And you know, when I'm now at this different stage of my business, or I was where, you know, I felt that way. I'm making all this money, but I'm still, I'm, I'm now reached another low point in a different stage of my life and career. Um, I, I, I believe that when you start talking about the true real experiences, the stuff that I guess it's about being vulnerable, I guess would be the right way of putting mm -hmm. it. Feeling that vulnerable feeling you have on the inside and you don't feel brave enough to vocalize it or publicize it on the outside. I think to, to put in a nutshell what I'm trying to convey here, if you can, what I've always experienced is now, if when you're in those feelings of vulnerability and you feel those fears of doubt about saying something, those times you should absolutely say it. And I believe that, at least from my experiences, those will be the times you have your probably biggest breakthroughs and your marketplace will resonate and relate with you at the highest level. Because what, what I continue to, to be reminded of when I go through these stages and these experiences in life is you would definitely are not alone. And I think it's the times where you think, I can't say anything because I'm probably the only one going through this. Yeah. It's those times you should absolutely say something because you will probably be staggered at the number of people that are crying out on the inside for somebody to say, I feel the same way. Mm -hmm. I, I, I to totally agree with you. And, and there's, I don't think I've ever seen anyone with any particular problem 
who was the only single person that ever had that problem in the history of humankind, right? Like there are, there are no unique problems. There's unique people, but the problems that we all face, I think are part of the journey and the problems that you're going to experience as an entrepreneur are sort of predictable. But when you're going through them, you're like, oh man, this is, you know, everybody else is so successful and so happy and all these different things. I'm sure they've never felt this way or they've never gone through this. And that's, that's actually just completely the opposite. You know, the more, the more entrepreneurs I hang out with, the more I see these patterns that everybody has had this thing that we're talking about right now. I don't know any successful entrepreneur who hasn't faced this dark night of the soul situation. Right. 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 Nobody gets it right on the first try. And what is right anyway? Right is like this myth. It's about it's about being true to who you are. And I think as much as, you know, entrepreneurship is about starting businesses and helping people and, you know, making money and having freedom and all of that, I think it's a very personal expression of your how you choose to live your life. And if you don't allow that piece of it to play out, then uh, then it's very empty. And, uh, and it, and you know, it's, and it's not a hard thing to fix either. I think the first thing that, you know, occurred to me and it sounds like to you too, is just being real with yourself and saying, Hey, yeah, I, I have success in these different areas, but overall I, I know something needs to change and that's okay. Like being okay yeah. with that. For me, the hardest part was actually getting to that place where I was okay with it. And, yeah. you know, and after I got okay with it and I was just like, screw it, <laughs> I'm just going to do something else. Then, yeah, then that's when that momentum came back and that's when that passion really came back. And that's when I realized, oh, wait a second here, this entrepreneurial journey is a very personal one. Right. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny, you, you, you said, you know, I, I completely agree with what you've just said. And you, you, you said to me earlier on, um, you asked a great, great question, something to do with, uh, you know, what, what, what happened or how'd you feel when you, when you started making that change, you know, smashing everything down and starting again. Um, and you know, I, I think it was actually, uh, I think it was Russell to come back to Russell Brunson again, once more. Um, cause he's been such a great help to me. I gotta say, um, I think it was him that gave me this advice. Uh, and if I'm wrong, I apologize to whoever it was that did, but, um, become okay with the absolute worst possible outcome. Mm-hmm. Because we 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 tell ourselves a story in our own head and we exaggerate how bad something can be right now i'm not denying things can be bad right so for example this is a process that i recently had to go through right when i was at that point right if i stop everything i'm doing and turn in a different direction to a degree to attract and work with the right type of people my income is going to plummet temporarily um, what's the worst possible outcome? And, and you go through everything. You think, well, right, if my income drops to nothing, what's the worst possible outcome? Well, I've got this reserve money in the bank that I've been saving and my outgoings are this and on that I could survive for 12 months. Okay, so if you make no money for 12 months, you're still okay. Yes. Okay. Well, the likelihood of that happening is very slim, but okay, there's a bad possible outcome. And if you make no money for 12 months and in 12 months time, your bank account says zero, what's the worst possible outcome? Uh, well, 
I wouldn't be able to pay my staff. I wouldn't be able to pay my my office rent. I probably wouldn't be able to pay my mortgage. Um, so things might get real bad. I might have to let some people go and I might have to do this and that and this. That's the worst possible outcome. Okay, so you could stay as you are and be miserable and just live a complete poor existence in life. Or you could take this risk to do all this stuff. And the worst possible outcome is you could make no money for one year. And at the end of that year of making zero for an entire year in your business, you might have to then let people go look at options for your mortgage and losing your house and all this type of stuff, and maybe move back in with parents and start all over again from nothing. That's your worst outcome, right? Yes. Okay. Are you okay with that if that happens? Well, it sounds horrible, but yeah, I'm not going to die. Like I would be alive. I would still have my family. I would still have a roof over my head. I would be okay. Okay. So are you all right with taking that risk that you make nothing for a year and that may happen? Yeah, I'm okay with that now. All right. So there is no risk. Yeah. Become okay with the worst possible outcome. I know that like a lot of people probably would be, wouldn't want to take that, that kind of leap, but that's, that's at least what I went through. And I know that probably sounds a bit extreme, but I, I, I've come to a point now where I think any decision I make, what's the worst possible outcome that could happen if I take this decision? Like, but what is the best possible outcome if I make this decision? And if you're okay with the worst outcome and you're definitely all right with the best outcome, then there's no reason to hold yourself back. At least that's how I think now. Yeah. I think there's, I think there's a lot of validity to understanding the worst case scenario and I think a lot of people think, oh, man, like, I don't want to be negative like that. You know, I got to be positive and I got to be upbeat and, and all those things. And I think there is absolutely a lot of benefit for seeing the best in things and, you know, oh, for and sure. all of that. Right. But but being comfortable with worst case scenario, I think, is incredibly liberating. Definitely. Definitely. That's how I feel. Yeah, com- completely. And, you, and you're just like, yeah, all right, well. It's highly unlikely that this worst case scenario happens. It's, it's highly unlikely that I make no money. It's highly unlikely that everything I'm about to do is going to fail completely. Um, so there's going to be something in there that's going to work. You may not know what it's going to be, but it's it's unlikely. And in the event that all of those things do happen, um, you know, you're sort of like, well, I, I'm still uh, I'm still here, you know. I'm still here and I'm, and I'm moving in a direction that I'm excited about. And I think that, you know, that excitement and that passion and the, uh, you know, the ability to carve out your own destiny is, is fundamental, right? You know, you, uh, I don't know if it says this in the Magna Carta, but I know here in the U (laughs) S and the, you know, declaration of independence, it says, you know, uh, you know, pr- the pursuit of life li- or the life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Like those are the unalienable rights that, you know, they, uh, you know, they said, this is what it's all about, you know, life, liberty and the pursuit yeah. of happiness. And if you're holding yourself hostage because you, you know, you're making a certain amount of money, but you're completely miserable, um, you're sort of, you know, not giving yourself the ability to pursue that happiness. And I think that's, uh, I think that's a sad mistake. And, and the truth is, you know, your, your ability to impact people and impact the world and everything, I think is in direct proportion to how aligned you are with what you're doing. And and like, if you're, you know, if you're, if you really like selling, you know, lemonade, 
then be the most amazing lemonade salesman that ever walked the face of the earth. But if you're just selling lemonade to make money, then find something else that, you know, really fires you up. And, um, yeah, anyway. And, and so let me just like, let me just bottom line. This is your life better now or worse now than when you were in that fetal position on the couch? Oh, my life is unrecognizable to then. And, and instant, like the funny thing is like, I've got no problem saying this on a, on a financial income basis right now. We're still, we're still way behind where we were. Um, but it doesn't matter. Like, because as I, as I said, and I, I, I think, you know, every, everyone can agree with this. Like the money means nothing if you're miserable. Like it really means nothing. And I used to think it meant everything. I'll be honest with that. I used to think when I didn't have it, money was everything. When I had it, I realized the reality. It's really not. And you won't be fulfilled by it. Um, but as as we sit here having this discussion today, you know, I, I, I do not work. You know, I've said this. I, it wasn't me that made this up, right? But if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. And I love what we do now. I am so passionate behind what we do. I, I probably... You know, I've, I, I can stay here eight, 10, 12 hours a day. Like I even just said earlier on, I, 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 repl- I messaged, I messaged Robin and I was like, oh, I'm probably going to be back a few hours late tonight. I'm really getting stuck in with what we're doing. And like most people they're they're waiting to leave that. It's like, oh, it's five o'clock. I'm out. I'm done. Like, or whatever in their jobs. And like, I love it now. And as I say, financially speaking, we're not at the level we were, we, we will surpass that many times over, over the, over the coming months and years ahead. And we get to do it in a happy place, loving what we're doing, serving people we're passionate about helping. And that in itself comes full circle to the fulfillment that, that we now feel. And it's, uh, it's an amazing feeling. I come into the office happy. I leave happy. I sleep happy. And I wake up with a spring in my step ready to jump out. And, uh, you know, if we'd have thought this show through, James, we could make a real strong call to action to all our depressed listeners. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I will, I will make a strong call to action and I don't know if it's, you know, uh, you know, what, what we want to label this, but I think there's, there's, there's going to come a time and, and maybe it doesn't happen for everybody. Maybe some people get it right on the first try. Uh, I haven't met a lot of those people, but there's going, there's going right. to come a time where you need to hear this and, and it's okay. Right. There's, it doesn't mean there's something wrong. It just means you need to kind of make a different decision. And I, I'll uh, maybe just conclude with this story. When, when I was, uh, I guess, 27, maybe 26, 27, something like that, um, you know, and I was still very much in the corporate world, um, I made a big move from, you know, one company to another company. And I started just, you know, my career really started taking off. You know, I, I've always been better when I have a, a team and I'm, I'm better at, managing people than I am as, uh, you know, an individual contributor. And so I, I started getting teams to manage and, and things started really working very, very well for me. And, uh, you know, like by the time I was 28 or 29 or something, uh, you know, I was in this big position and, you know, it was a huge company, 330,000 people in the company. And I was there leading, uh, our entire digital strategy across, you know, across 20 different countries and all this other stuff. And it was amazing. And I, at the time I was like, man, this is like, this is a dream, right? This is what I wanted. I wanted this, you know, this money, I wanted this lifestyle. I wanted this career and, and all this stuff. And I, uh, I called my grandfather 
who uh, who had always been uh, an entrepreneur. Um, but uh, you know, I just was like, okay, well, that's for him, and I'm going to just go, you know, be an executive or something like this in a big company. And I remember telling him on the phone, I was like, man, I just, you know, I just got another promotion, and you know, now I'm doing all this stuff, and I'm flying back and forth to London and Hong Kong, and like I've got all these team members all over the world. And he said to me, he was like, wow, he sound, really sounds like you're climbing the corporate ladder. And I was like, yeah, I really am. And, you know, I was in this moment of just, just enthusiasm and he just paused and he said, what happens if your ladder's leaning against the wrong wall? And I was like, wow, what is my ladder leaning against the wrong wall? Like, is this really what I want? Like, cause I can continue to climb this ladder and I can get to, you know, a certain point. But if this, if this ladder, if this path is not taking me in the direction that I really want to go, then it does like, you know, all the promotions and all the money and like, you know, all that stuff doesn't, doesn't really matter. And so, uh, and he was right, you know, and I knew, and, and I, I knew he was right, but I wasn't at the point where I was willing to tell him that I knew that. You know, where I was just like, ah, like, I hate that you know me so well and that you said this right now. (laughs) And, um, you know, several years passed after that. And, you know, and and I had a turning point for me. And I was sitting, sitting in an office and, uh, you know, uh, in a conference room in in one of our offices in London. And there, my my boss at the time was the, the head of marketing for this whole company. And he said, Hey, you know, we want you to move to London and, and I want to promote you and I want to start grooming you to take over my role. And this was a pretty big deal, right? You know, head of marketing for probably the second biggest company in the world. And, and I think I was, you know, maybe 29 or 30 or 31 at that point. And so I was like, man, that's, that's a pretty attractive offer. And yeah. And I remember my grandfather's words and he had since passed away. But I remembered his words as I was sitting in this meeting, you know, being offered what every person who's ever wanted a, uh, you know, the cushy corporate executive job wants to hear. And the the words from my grandfather just rang in my head. And I was like, this is like his job is the next rung on this ladder for me. And I 100% don't want it. (laughs) And and I knew that. And so, uh, shortly after he was like, well, you know, if we're trying to get everybody over here and if you don't come over here, you know, we're going to have to let you go. And I was like, you know what, let me go. And so I walked away from all of it. And, you know, that's when I became partners in the consulting firm. And there was, you know, so many, many other milestones of, you know, shifting and, and I'm not even saying things are perfect now, but if you don't have the courage to recognize when your ladder is leaning against the wrong wall, then you you know, your life's going to pass and you're going to wind up really understanding that maybe you left some things on the table. And I think that's the worst, uh, the worst possible crime of all. Definitely. Definitely. I don't think, um, I don't think anyone ever laid on their, on their deathbed saying they wish they took less risks. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so we can leave everybody on that note thinking. Yeah. Of death. Thank you. Thank you, Dean. So on a, on a, on a positive <laughs> note, uh, no, in all seriousness though. So, you know, um, and I guess, you know, just, I didn't necessarily know where this episode would go or whatever, but, but this is one of these topics that I don't think gets talked about enough. And I think For sure. people are going through it. They feel like they're alone. And so my just very, uh, sincere offer 
is if you know if you're an entrepreneur and you're at any stage of trying to you know sort of wrestle with the combination of success and loss of passion um, and feeling your way through that one don't feel like you're alone and uh, and if you feel so inclined uh, just reach out to Dean or myself and uh, we'd, we'd love to uh, we'd love to help you through that because you know as as much as we kid around and joke on this show uh, you know we're here to enrich the lives of our fellow entrepreneurs and if you're going through that phase, there's no reason to think you're alone. There's no reason to prolong that. So feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to have a conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And as, as a bare minimum, like if you're laying in a fetal position on a sofa <laughs> with hundreds of thousands of dollars a month coming into your bank account, just fly me and James out first class wherever you are, and we'll just get drunk yeah, with absolutely. you. Absolutely. Like yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes just flying two cool dudes out and drinking all day and night is is the fix that you need. <laughs> And at the end of that, when you're drunk, you can just wire us lots of money to fix yeah. your business. And then everything. It's a pretty straightforward solution, it really. It's a one-stop shop, really. Um, we'll, uh, we'll send wire instructions ahead of time. Um, and, you know, the more in the fetal position you are, <laughs> the, uh, the, the better off this whole thing's going to work. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. The worse the clothes, the stronger the position oh, that's amazing. <laughs> the worst the daytime television if you've got jerry springer on or something you are prime <laughs> to fly us out right now that's right yeah we're there <laughs> we'll be there in an instant and we'll all watch jerry springer together uh <laughs> following the wire transfer confirmation um <laughs> uh, well, awesome what a show what yeah, a show well, i'll tell you what i can't wait to uh i can't wait to see your presentation and uh uh, sit there for the first 24 minutes of silence while we juggle bean bags <laughs> and prepare for your uh, amazing knowledge that you're going to drop on us. And I think, I don't know if this is our last show recording before we head to the event, but if it is, then uh, I'll see you there, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm taking a cruise first, so I'm gone in oh, a few days. Too. Yep, jet setting around the world, running business. That's right, and uh, and eating eating <laughs> copious amounts of pastries from the all you can eat buffet on the cruise ship. <laughs> I know, I know. This is the funny thing. Like final thoughts. I've I've been trying to slim down and and get in shape before getting on stage, and then I go and book a cruise <laughs> like all in for seven days before, where I'm just going to come off there. 10 times bigger than I was three months ago. Yeah. Well, I'll, uh, when I see Russell later, I'll ask him to make sure that the stage is reinforced to hold all of the added tonnage you'll be putting on, <laughs> on the <Yeah>. cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. What a show. Thanks for, uh, thanks for everyone listening. Absolutely. Awesome. All right. Well, we're, uh, we're about to wrap this up, you guys. And uh, just, uh, you know, let us know if you have any thoughts or feelings on this episode. Reach out to us, and in the meantime, we'll catch you on the next one. Later. Thanks for tuning in to Just the Tips, where we believe business should be profitable and fun. For show notes, links, and other information on our guests, visit justthetipshow.com. For more information on how to connect with Dean Holland, visit deanholland.com. And if you'd like to get free from the day-to-day operations of your business while making more money, visit me at jamespfreel.com forward slash autopilot. Our theme music is Happy Happy Game Show by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.